Welcome to the Millennial Way. Real millennials, real success. This is how they did it. Tailoring the next generation of leaders. I'm proud to be your host, Chase Coleman. Y'all, what is going on? I'm your host, Chase Coleman, and welcome back to another wonderful quarantined winning Wednesday. (laughs) So last week, we got to hear from some students from Stetson University on the first episode that we've had of Chase Live. And if you guys ask me, it went fantastic. Honestly, I had a blast recording it. I had a blast talking to the students. And quite frankly, that's why I do this. I mean, I, I just enjoy speaking with students, helping them out in any way, shape or form, helping them understand my journey and the way that I've been able to achieve what I've achieved so far. And it just, it was so much fun. But today we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're talking to my boy, Evan Coleman. And no, we're not related, but you know what? It's funny. Evan and I dive into a little bit of a story on how we actually met. We played basketball together in high school and we tricked everybody. We made them think that we were cousins. He was coming from Virginia. I had been living in Atlanta my entire life. Um, and we both played basketball, you know, so it was a lot of fun. And I, I even share a little bit of a story when I'm, when I'll get Evan on here in a little bit, but Evan is actually going to talk to us about relationships. And one thing that I continually think about during this quarantine is relationships. I mean, if you're single like me, you're most likely on Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, and any other new dating app that's coming out. And you're most likely talking to people and you're not meeting up with them. Now, if you are meeting up with them, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to comment on that. But if you're not, you're most likely doing FaceTime dates or just texting, talking on the phone. It kind of feels like we're back in the 60s and 70s, I would even argue. But it's, I mean, now they didn't have FaceTime back then, obviously. But it's, it's crazy right now, y'all. And, you know, being single during this time, the dating scene in Seattle sucks anyway. So let me just put that out there. But I've been having nothing but FaceTime conversations, dates, whatever you want to call it with a bunch of people throughout the country, just to stay sane, I would say. I mean, I love my roommate Thomas to death. We have a great time living together. You know, we actually just got back from throwing the football. It's a beautiful day out here. It's, It's Tuesday afternoon right now, but it's absolutely gorgeous. So we had to get out and stay active and I absolutely love him to death. But on the other hand, like, you know, when you're stuck in quarantine with someone for six, six weeks, almost, you, you kind of get a little, I wouldn't say bored or annoyed with each other because we're lucky that we don't, but you just want to be able to interact with others. And as an extrovert, as someone who always, always, always loves being outside with other people and connecting with others and physically being around others, I need that physical interaction or at least some type of interaction that makes me feel like I'm physically there with somebody. So FaceTime has been huge for me. um, And I'm sure it's been huge for people who are actually in relationships. You know, Evan's girlfriend is actually in medical school out in Barbados right now. I believe it's Barbados. And it's interesting because they've been doing long distance for a little while now. And now that we're on quarantine, it's almost like they're permanently separated for, you know, who knows how long. And I'm sure a lot of other couples are in the same situation. So I was curious to know, one, how are you guys managing this? How are you guys, you know, being able to do this long distance? You've been doing it before. Now we're on quarantine. There's so many questions that I have for Evan. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Evan. I'm still missing sports like a like a madman. I mean, I've been watching, you know, old March Madnesses, old NBA basketball games, old NFL basketball or NFL football games. I hope you guys are doing the same. Um, And honestly, y'all like. I really hope that you're staying safe and sanitary during this time. I know it's hard for college students, for anyone in their young 20s to not be able to go out, not be able to, 
see your friends, not be able to go to hit the bars and dance and all that stuff like that. So you can find me on TikTok. That's where I'm finding my, you know, my happy place, I guess. Um, if you guys head to my Instagram page at Chase underscore Coleman, you can see some of the videos I've been sharing there. Um, and today I actually just shared today this morning, I actually just shared um, a couple TikTok dances that I've been having fun with. And as you guys know, I'm a huge Drake fan. So who would I be if I didn't hit the Tootsie slide? <laughs> but anyways, let's get into this. And y'all, as I mentioned, I got my man, Evan G.Q. Coleman here with us today. Evan, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm a really big fan and happy to be uh, on the podcast. I appreciate it, Evan. Now, before we get diving into our amazing topic today about you and your lovely fiance, Miriam, and millennial relationships, how to maintain it, all that fun stuff, I got to let the people know how we met because- our last names are the same, right? <laughs> yep. Evan Coleman, Chase Coleman. You'd swear that we were cousins, brothers. And if you looked at us, I'd say we look related. Um, <laughs> there you go. So when we were in high school, I had just gotten to Facebook, like ninth grade year. And you go through ninth grade. We make it to the state championship in basketball. I'm riding high. I'm the only Coleman on the team. <laughs> in come the summertime. And rumor mill starts hitting around and they're like, oh my God, we got this new point guard, new point guard, shooting guard. He's coming down from Virginia. He's like 5'10". And I'm like, shit, he's taller than me. <laughs> and his name is Evan Coleman. And he's about to be at, at the gym next week and he's going to be working out. We should all go work out. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I get to meet this new competitive point guard who's going to try to take my varsity spot because I'm not trying to give that up. And I'm not <laughs> trying to go number three as a short guy, the resident short guy on the team. And... His last name's Coleman, so I got to come up with a cool story on how we could become cousins and then automatically be friends. There you go. So that way I could help him out, and then also I could have a really cool story to start the year out. Fast forward to the next week. Right before the workout, I actually hit Evan up on Facebook. And I don't know if you remember this, Evan, but like we had a quick like back and forth, and then I, I shot the we need to be cousins story at you. You were all <laughs> on board, and I was like, this guy is going to be my guy for a long time. Then we met during that workout and then ended up becoming teammates for the next three years. And essentially, yep. I mean, I would say that all of our basketball teammates from Milton are really close. Like we Absolutely. have a brotherhood, a bond, and um, I'm just super grateful to have you guys in my life today. And I'm really yeah. excited to talk about this, this topic about relationships and all that fun stuff, because personally, and I know my other friends out here in Seattle, we struggle a little bit in the dating scene. <laughs> I was just telling you about this for a little while. Um, it, it's tough out here being a single 25 year old who works a full time job, you know, especially leaving the office, you get tired, you just don't want to go out sometimes all that fun stuff. But anyways, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Okay, absolutely. So you have your fiance, Miriam. She's mm -hmm. awesome. Beautiful. We'll post a picture of, of you guys um, in our Instagram and in the show notes just to show how the people how great of a couple you guys are. <laughs> Thanks. Well, could you give us a quick uh, cliff note version of how you guys met and where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually met uh, summer 2014. Uh, one of my really good friends, uh, he was having his 21st birthday party. And, you know, I was helping him set up, telling, you know, invite everybody you know. This is kind of, you know, while everybody is uh, within Atlanta throughout the summer, you know, doing internships, taking an extra class here and there. 
so we had a pretty good core group of friends that were around town and inviting everybody they knew uh, to the party. So went to the party as normal, uh, didn't really think much of it, um, and actually got introduced to Miriam through my best friend um, and didn't even know didn't even know her. I think I saw her, you know, in passing, you know, at the dorm rooms, throughout campus, whatever, but never really formally introduced myself. And uh, I'll always remember July 2nd, uh, 2014 is when we officially met. And it actually took us, it's funny, um, we met at the party, um, didn't get her number, that was a stupid mistake of me, uh, but didn't get her number. And she hits me up on Facebook uh, two weeks later telling me, she was like, shame on you, Evan, you, you never got my number. What, uh, like, what was your problem? <laughs> I just chuckle about that every time because, you know, she was very forthcoming, forthcoming, but, you know, super respectable, super polite. And she kind of knew what she wanted uh, from the very beginning. So that was kind of cool to, cool to awesome. see. And from there, we just, you know, developed a really good friendship first, um, you know, hanging out. I think at the time I was moving you know, out of the dorms of Emory into kind of off-campus housing. So she was right there with me, kind of helping me move in, uh, getting prepared for the fall semester ahead. And uh, we just kind of hit it off, man. Um, super easy and super comfortable to uh, talk to and kind of, you know, go through that college journey together. And I think we officially started dating, you know, fall 2014 and kind of been as steady as possible ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And now, so now you're still in Atlanta, right? Since you guys have yep. graduated, you're now working for Newell Brands. And that's a completely other podcast episode that we'll be bringing on in just a couple more weeks after this one, because <laughs> I got to bring you back. But yeah. um, so you're still in, in Atlanta living in that area. And now she's in Barbados doing med yep. school, right? Yeah, absolutely. So she goes to Ross University School of Medicine, uh, which is in Barbados. Um, and she has been there. And she first went down in... May, late April of 2019. So backing up a little bit, actually, we actually got engaged uh, around this time last year at the end, or sorry, at the beginning of April of 2019. And then she then, yeah, no, um, super awesome. Um, and she actually went down to Barbados several weeks after to, you know, start her med school journey. And, you know, from here in Atlanta, fully supportive of her. Um, and, you know, going to have a future doctor on our hands here, you know, in several years. So excited about that. Oh, yeah. So so tell me this, Evan. So since she lives in Barbados, you're in Atlanta, I believe yeah. the time zones are still the same, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you guys still maintain your your relationship and the health of your guys' relationship being so far apart, right? And yeah. Barbados, while it might seem close to Atlanta, it's still like, what, <laughs> a three, four hour flight from Atlanta? Yep. So um Two flights to Barbados. You, I usually <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know. fly direct at a Hartsfield Jackson. I know. You know how like I know this by heart at this point. So I always fly Atlanta to Miami. That's about two hours, and then uh, I go Miami or Fort Lauderdale, uh, depending on the airport. But um, go from Miami to Barbados, which is about three and a half hours. So um, usually takes you know the greater part, you know, half of a day to get there, but um, it's a fun time going down there every single time. And so your question was, you know, how do we maintain a healthy relationship being that, you know, we're currently physically apart. And I would say communication first and foremost, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you that it's super easy. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a different 
you know, dynamic to our relationship. For the first four and a half, five years of our relationship, we were, you know, in close proximity to each other. So communication and things that you, you know, take for granted in terms of, you know, daily little interactions that are, you know, what make a relationship so special. Um, you got to find different and creative ways to get those um, interactions back from a long distance perspective. So, you know, scheduling FaceTime dates, as cheesy as it may sound, uh, is super important. Uh, you know, staying in constant communication, whether that be text, you know, phone call here and there, and even, you know, random things. You know, I know as millennials, we don't email, you know, on a personal level, but you know, sending Miriam, you know, personal emails here and there while I'm at work, you know, while it's, you know, in front of me, uh, I think is a, you know, different and creative way to just maintain that, you know, fire and just maintain that, you know, creative communication with each other. No, I, I love that, Evan. And it's, it's funny you say that because in past relationships and in, you know, future relationships, mm-hmm. one thing that I've, I've learned from stories that people have told me that's always worked is, different forms of communication, right? Yeah. Different ways of showing affection. So yeah. not only showing it through texting them all day, being in meetings and being like, oh, like I'm still texting you or calling them, you know, just a couple of times or scheduling those FaceTime dates, but doing something as simple as sending an email or writing a handwritten letter. You know what I mean? Like Ooh, yeah. people yeah. even know how to like write an address on an <laughs> envelope anymore because yeah. it's such a pastime. But when you think about, some relationships and some people that I've talked to have been married for 25, 30, 40 years, and they're still very, very happy in their marriage. They talk about the times where they were living apart and they used to send each other like love notes all the yeah. time. And that's, again, like as cheesy as it may sound, like if you put yourself in their shoes, the the number one thing that like I hear about anxiety all the time is the best form of anxiety is when you're looking forward to something. Yeah. Uh, I'll be a trip, whether it be a super important meeting that you're really, um, that you're really well prepared for a presentation or, you know, something fun. But if you're Mm -hmm. also looking forward to another note coming back to you, it's almost like the exact same feeling, but yeah, it's just, it could be amplified because it it takes into account the love aspect of it too. Absolutely. No, that's, that's funny. You mentioned that. So quick story. So Miriam, she usually, um, you know, she'll be in school for about three, three and a half months and then she'll come back to Atlanta for, you know, a two to four week break, depending on the time of year. Um, and this past time, right before she left, she actually wrote a hand lettered note to me uh, and just left it. I think it was, you know, underneath a blanket on the bed. And it took me like two days before I noticed it. <laughs> like I'm just getting in bed after work, after a long day. And then one night I was like, what is that like paper feeling in my blanket? And I like reach for something and I just see this handwritten note from Miriam. And you know, to your point, while while it sounds super cheesy, it was um, it was just super heartfelt, and you know, I think that just kind of explains uh, kind of the creativity that we try to express uh, within our relationship. Oh yeah, no, I love that. I love yeah. that. And you guys are lucky that you're on the same time zone. And yeah, I'll absolutely. say that because I've I've done long distance relationships since I moved out here to Seattle, whether it be you know back in Atlanta, anywhere on the East Coast, Chicago. Yeah. all over the country and the hardest thing to maintain is communication and particularly when you're on different time time zones Mm -hmm. scheduling is so off right like especially when i was talking to girls on the east coast the hardest thing for me at least was i'm getting off work at five six o'clock which is eight nine o'clock 
So I want to go hit the gym and then, you know, either work on my podcast or talk to you. Meanwhile, you are already eating dinner, which is something <laughs> that I, had, I didn't even account for, right? I want to hit the gym and eat before I talk to you. And then I want to talk to you. But by yeah. that time, it's like seven, eight o'clock my time and it's 10, 11 your time. And yeah. now you're already in bed. You don't really want to talk or whatever it may be. So my question for you, though, on this one is if you were in a completely different time zone, right? Like you go back home yeah. from, uh, to Dallas and you're hanging out with your dad and your sister and say you have to work from home on those days. How mm -hmm. do you maintain that communication or how do you shift your schedule around to make sure that you maintain that good communication or that healthy communication out there? Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I think first and foremost, uh, you just want to be aware of the time difference uh, for starters. So, you know, when I'm in Dallas, it's going to be, you know, a one to two hour time difference from where she's located, just based off of daylight savings time. Um, so just first, you know, taking that into consideration. And then, you know, secondly, definitely want to structure my day. So, um, you know, I'm at my dad's house working from home. You know, I'll have, you know, call it morning meetings. I'll have a break during lunch. So, you know, that hour break for lunch, you know, definitely want to check in with Miriam to, you know, see what she's up to. Just, you know, maintain that constant line of communication as well. And then I think, you know, third, um, there takes a piece of understanding. So, you know, equally, Miriam understands, you know, if I have a big project that I'm working on that I'm not going to be, um, you know, as responsive just because I'm not going to have my phone on me all the time. And then, Equally on her side, you know, as she's preparing for exams and just going through the rigors of medical school. Um, she's not going to be super responsive at certain times of the day or, you know, certain times throughout a given month, just given her workload as well. So understanding is a big piece, man. I think, you know, if you understand somebody's path and, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and you want to support them in that, um, I think that's just going to take both of you as far as you want to go. Yeah. And I would also even take that a step further and say it's a level of respect for each other's accomplishments too, right? Because yeah. you have enough understanding that she's preparing for exams and all these other things, but you're not selfish enough in yourself to say, well, why isn't she talking to me? Like I should be more important, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's almost like totally. you guys, and, and this is just how I'm seeing it as an, as an outsider, because I do look at you guys as kind of like the quote unquote perfect couple. But <laughs> I, I say that because you each are respective and you're are moving forward in your own respective careers mm -hmm. while being each other's like best friend and partner in crime while doing it. Right. Yeah. Like celebrating each other on the wins, not necessarily, uh, or like picking each other up on the downs, but also like, Hey, like I got shit to do. Uh, yeah. I would love to talk to you right now and I love you, but right now is not the time to talk. Like we could talk mm -hmm. in 45 minutes when I finish this or we'll talk tomorrow. Right. Like whatever yeah. it may be. But from what I've heard from you right now, it sounds like the top three things are communication, uh, level of understanding, and then yeah. I would layer on top of that the layer of respect that comes with that yeah. level of understanding as well. No, that's you hit it right on the head there. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. Switching gears a little bit. Yeah. We talked a lot about the good. All the great stuff that's happened. Yep. I, I've never argued with you, Evan. I can't see you as someone who argues, but knowing that relationships it's inevitable for arguments and fights to happen yeah do you have like any tips on how to kind of make it through arguments particularly i mean i'm not even gonna say whether you're in the right or the wrong but yeah when it comes down to arguing and just getting into fights in general how do you guys kind of handle those because it seems i mean you guys are on 
good standing and it seems throughout your relationship and great standing through the majority of the time. Yeah. So I'd love to get just get your thoughts on how to make it through a fight and then also if you guys are away from each other, as far away from you are as now, how would you get through a, a fight like that, knowing that you have to communicate through either your cell phone or, or your computer? Yeah, no, again, um definitely not gonna sugarcoat it. It's tough. Uh, I think when you you know, arguments are inevitable. Um, I think whether you're in a relationship with, you know, your best buddies, your best friend or your partner, you're going to argue at some point in time. It's just it's just a natural part of human nature. Um, I think the important thing to do is once that argument takes place, I think you need to decompress whether that whether you were in the wrong, whether you feel that you were in the right. You need to de like decompress, disconnect from that argument for a second just so you can try and understand the full context of what just happened. I think after that, you know, you definitely want to come back to that conversation in a much more uh, calming manner um, and just, you know, hash out your perspective. I think that's always important to, you know, have your partner understand your perspective as much as um, you want to understand their perspective. I think it's equally important to voice your perspective because, you know, it takes two to tango. You need you need to understand both perspectives as well as possible. So, you know, understanding each other's perspective, um, you know, hashing it out in a calm manner. And I again, I know it's easier said than done, um, but you definitely want to, you know, again, to your point, be respectful. Right. You want to be respectful because at the end of the day, you want to see your partner win. You want to you know, you have all this love for your partner, you want to support them, you care for them. Um, at the end of the day, you guys are on the same team. So you, you have to remember that and you have to just work through it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It reminds me of a time back when we were in uh, Palm Springs or not Palm Springs. We were down in Florida at uh, the no, city, city of Palms. Yeah, yeah. We had just lost. It was our first game playing on ESPN. We lost <laughs> to um, St. Patrick, Michael Kigil, Chris played on that team. Yep. And like remember like Coach Boyd came busting out and I swear like the whole team started fighting for no reason. <laughs> we were all just pissed. We were emotional as hell. Like I was telling Kevin to hit me for no reason. I didn't want <laughs> Kevin to hit me. I did not want any of that. I wanted nobody on that team to hit me. Yeah. Ulti. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like it, it's one of those things where us as a team, we used to just nip shit in the butt immediately. I mean, we yeah. had a team who fought. <laughs> Absolutely. Go down in the locker room, but the next day, if not then within that next hour, we had a team meeting in the pod in the locker room, and people were like, "All right, this is what the fuck just happened. Mm -hmm. We need to." And then, yep. this is what the hell just happened. <laughs> we're gonna. We need to fix this because winning is more important than your individualistic like thoughts and feelings right now. Yep. And then to your point, the next day we would all laugh about it. We were, exactly. that's how close we were as a team. Like we were literally brothers in the sense of we fought together, we laughed together, we cried together. Like all of those range of emotions, we probably experienced it at one point or another. Um, so oh, it's, it's cool no to doubt. think back on those. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. But like your stories remind me of those times because when you put it into perspective, right? Because you, you said this at the beginning of your statement, it's a part of human nature. Yeah. Right? Whether you're fighting with your partner, whether you're fighting with your mom and dad, your your uh, other people in your family, your friends, your yeah. roommate, whoever it may be, like Thomas and I argue. Actually, we don't argue all that often, but we we have argued in the past. Yeah. And whenever we argue, we both don't like being mad at each other. 
right? Like, and that's a feeling that nobody really likes. We're both relatively happy people all the time. Yeah. I'm happy. I try to be happy all the damn time. Absolutely. And, and when we argue, we separate. I usually go up to my room. He usually stays in the living room. And then I come <laughs> back down after 10, 15 minutes when I'm done, like when the, the steam has gotten off my head and I'm like, all right, like I could actually talk. Like I'm not just going to be talking out of the side of my mouth. And then we yeah. dip it in mud and then we just keep moving forward. And then we usually yeah. play a video game and he beats my ass most of the time. But <laughs> regardless, I, I love that you said that because it's, it's it's attacking the problem at the head without bringing emotion into it and yeah it's easier said than done obviously i try to keep objectivity in my life as much as possible but at the end of the day like no one is 100 percent objective in every single aspect of their life because of the fact that we have emotions and because we have thoughts and different perspectives on things i mean on things especially when you look at like politics and things that go on in there yeah that's all subjective like none (laughs) of this is concrete right and that's what we're governed off of so anyways we can't take ourselves too seriously um when it comes down to it but at the same time take the emotion out of it and then you just keep moving forward there you go all right so i got one last question for you evan we're running a little bit out of time right now all right this is going to be a really good question for everybody to hear okay so if you had a top like three to five tips on relationships, you and I didn't know our last names were the same. We just met in an elevator and I'm like, man, I'm going through it. Like <laughs> I can't get a girl, I can't do this and that, or I can't keep my girlfriend, whatever it may be. And you had, you know, three minutes to give it to me. What would those tips be? Wow. Uh, first of all, great question. It's heavy hitting. Uh, everybody, everybody always kind of stumbles at the beginning of this one. That is a that is a heavy hitting question, man. Um, let me think. Let me think for a quick second. Well, take your time because we're we're recording, but I also have a, I also do the production. Of this, so we got time. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so first um, kind of tip that I would say, and again, we hear it all the time. It's cliche, but it's it rings so true. Be yourself. Like you can't you can't start. A relationship you can't start that foundation if you're not yourself because you're building on something that's not true so one you you got to be yourself you got to just be you um and if you're if you're happy with yourself if you're building to who you want to become you'll attract the right people um again i know that sounds super cliche but um i really think being yourself first and foremost uh will set you on the right foundation um two um I would say try new things. I think, you know, change is is the great um, kind of growth factor in life. Um, I think challenging yourself with new experiences, new activities, whether that be, you know, going to a new place that you haven't really been to before, whether that be a bar or a club or a lounge or, um, you know, even getting your core group of friends together and trying something new, whether that be an escape room or just like a group activity, a group outing. Um, I think that just that constant change allows you to be a very well-rounded person. Um, And again, that'll allow you to speak to so many different perspectives, so many different experiences. Like for you, for example, like you have been, you know, you were born and raised, sorry, you were born in Cali. You were raised in, you know, suburban Atlanta you then went to Florida for college and then you're now on the West coast. Um, so you've kind of trekked so many different places within your life in this short amount of time, but 
within that, you have so many different experiences that you can lean on um, to where like people in your environment, you know, they may have never been to the South. They may have never been to Atlanta or Florida. So I think, yeah, that's just kind of a differentiating factor for yourself to make you stand out and kind of, you know, again, it's you being yourself, but you have unique experiences that uh, you can bring to the table. Um, I, I'll tell you this. I say y'all to people out here, like, <laughs> and they look at me like I was born on, you know, yeah, <laughs> something like that. They're like, uh, "Are you from the military?" No, I'm not from the damn military. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. That is hilarious, man. A different world. Different is, world. To your point, like those people have never been to Atlanta. They don't know what it's like to walk into, you know. Uh, it's funny. I was talking to my friends about this the other day. I'll let you get onto your next tip in a second, but I do think that that's very important is other experiences because yeah. I was talking to my buddies, um, when I was down in LA just a couple weeks ago and we were talking about the different cultures around the country and how, when you travel, you get to experience those. But when you're there for like a week or longer than that is when you really truly get to experience the culture. Yeah. Right. And like how in Atlanta, and you'll remember this, like kids leaving school to go to the gas station. Like, let's go to the shell. Let's go to the quick trip. Let's go to yep. wherever it may be. And that was a place to go grab snacks, hang out for a little bit because you could park there. You didn't really have to worry about nothing. And they figured out your next move. Yep. You're like, all right, what are we doing next? But like up in New York or on the East Coast, and I mean, shoot, you lived in Virginia, so you get this too, the bodega culture where people go and grab snacks and foods from bodegas because, mm-hmm. shoot, the food there is just as good as it is, just as good as it is at a restaurant, you know, yep. and like, on the West Coast, there's a skateboard culture where in California, like kids. And so it's it's just completely different. And everyone sees yeah. life from a completely different perspective. But when you at least get to go and experience that culture and experience what it's like there, like the most enlightening thing for me was going to Europe and seeing how they don't open cafes or restaurants for breakfast. Yeah. Like, yeah. What I thought was that what I was raised on as the most important meal of the day was not even a meal to them. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a meal. Like I was like, so you're, y'all are telling me you go out to like five or six a.m. There's one restaurant that's open till five or six. It's an Italian pizza restaurant, and then <laughs> everything's closed till noon, maybe one o'clock if I'm lucky. Y'all Man. got me. Wow, this is so different. Like at first I was like, you got me messed up, and then I was like, this is actually kind of cool. Like I'm not outside in the heat of the day. Everyone's out here. It's popping. Like it, it just. I, I think getting new experiences and, and experiencing new things not just traveling, but also through, like you said, escape rooms, or I personally like to go bowling. So it's like, Hey, yeah. let's go, like, let's just go do something that's fun. That doesn't necessarily have to involve drinking and going to the bar all the time or, yeah. you know, because especially, and this goes back to your first point too, but when you go and get drunk or you go and get inebriated in any way, shape or form all the mm-hmm. time, you are not your true self in that form. Right. Yeah. Now a, intoxicated mind might speak a sober heart sure but you only say those things when you're drunk or when you're inebriated anyways like yeah i might tell you evan your haircut is so much better than mine because i have no damn hair <laughs> that is not, i might tell you that when i'm drunk because i'm saying that because i'm looking at your hair and i'm like damn it evan's hair looks better than mine i'm telling him right now but in in reality right like you take me out of that inebriated state and i'd be like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? Like I would never make a point of it because it wouldn't matter. Yeah. And that's kind of my whole point of it is just like, instead of portraying yourself as somebody as somebody else, like 
go do something where you can have sober fun because those times actually turn into some fun, some of the best memories that you have. I think Absolutely. back to college and I can't even think back to my 21st birthday, right? <laughs> which is supposed to be the most exciting birthday. I don't remember a damn thing from it. Like yep. I don't remember a lot of my birthdays because we were just drinking so much, but mm-hmm. anyways, let's get back to your third tip. Let, let, <laughs> let's hear it. Enough of my ranting. No, no, no. That was a good, that was a good rant. I think uh third tip, you know, so far I've said, you know, be honest, be yourself. Uh, second was be open to new experiences. Um, and I think the third one kind of goes, it's kind of a culmination of the first two. Um, I just want to say, you know, be open in general, not only to new experiences, but to people, places, and things. I think, you know, in this day and age, we can be very focused on ourselves and, you know, what are we doing to get that next promotion? Um, what are we doing to find a new job to, you know, improve our fitness, whether it be going to the gym, like we can be focused on ourselves so much. And I think, you know, if you're looking to connect with other people, whether it be, you know, a partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, you know, new best friend, whatever, I think it's important to be open, like take your experiences and let the world have them. And, you know, that good energy will come back to you. Um, in more ways than none. So just being open to people, places, and things, I think is my third one there. Man, this has been awesome. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> for real, this is sweet. I mean, because first off, I, to the listeners, to everybody, I knew nothing about your guys' relationship coming into mm-hmm. this, right? Like, and you can attest for that. We had rarely talked. I've congratulated you about it, but every time we talk, it's more about like, how are you doing? What's going on? Like, how's Miriam? But, you know, back to Evan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back to Chase, you know, saying like we've always had really good conversations, and you've always been someone in my life who I've leaned on, I've relied on as a really good friend, a brother in my life, and I'm just happy that we were able to have this conversation today because one, I'm enlightened on some things that I need to, you know, rejigger in my life to, to make <laughs> myself uh, not necessarily more available, but just ready to attract the right person. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think a lot of people we're just struggling not necessarily with relationships, but just like love life in general, which it's a big thing that's going on today just because of the focus on mental health and physical health and how it all kind of ties into together. And then also like your spirit, whether you believe in like a God or, or you don't or whatever it is that you believe in, right. Like how it all kind of intertwines together. And I know a lot of people look at their horoscopes or whatever it may be to, to help find love, but I think the most important thing is that when you do find the right person that you're able to maintain a good, healthy relationship, because the last thing that you want is for, you know, someone that you're um, in a relationship with, whether it be a partner or a friend or a family member yeah. that's toxic, right? Yeah. Because that, that weighs on you, that brings you down and that ne- inevitably like hurts your day to day. And it takes you away from your first tip, which was like being yourself and being honest because you're starting to become this person that is being I don't know, trying to be better for that, for that, your partner or your friend. When in reality, it's like, you just gotta let that person go. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you gotta keep going through those cycles. And some people find their sweetheart when they're, you know, 11 and they date for their whole lives. Some people find them in April or June of 2014. Um, (laughs) Some people don't find them until they're in their 30s, but it's not a matter of like what your timing is, but it's a matter of what the timing is for the right person. At least that's what I think. Absolutely. No, you hit it on the head. And I, you know, to your point, like, I know I focus, you know, primarily on uh, my relationship with my fiance, but I try and take those traits, you know, to all my relationships so they can be as healthy as possible. Because I, 
I think having healthy relationships will only strengthen you as a person. So, you know, whether that is your partner, whether that is your best friend, you know, your high school teammates, um, all of those key relationships that made you who you are today, those are important. And I, I think it's important to, you know, make sure that you continue, continue to foster um, healthy practices within those relationships to make them as strong as possible. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And we will leave the people with this. All the rappers say it, and I, I don't like quoting rappers all the time. Okay, maybe like 90% of the time. But um, they say this all the time. I keep my circle small because those are the people that I trust and rely on, right? Mm-hmm. And to Evan's point, the healthier relationships that you have with those who are around you, whether you have a circle of two, a circle of five, a circle of 50, which would be tough to maintain, but who am I to say that you can't do it? If you can have that tight circle and those people to rely on and to always fall back on, you will have a happy life. Not even yeah. just a successful life, but you will live a very happy life. Money Absolutely. Is right? Yep. So anyways, thank you again, Evan. This was freaking awesome. I'm literally about to email you right after this so that way we can get another time on the calendar so that way we can get this next episode rolling because your career, you're kicking ass at it, my friend. We need to hear more about it. We need to hear more about it. Yeah, man. I appreciate you for having me on the on the podcast. Um, really big fan and glad I could be a part of it. So thanks. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, make sure to leave us a review. Go ahead and check us out on Twitter and Instagram at underscore millennial way. And check out our website at itsmillennialtalk.com where there's new blog posts and updates. We will see you next Winning Wednesday. Go grab those dubs. This is The Millennial Way, tailoring the next generation of leaders.